Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. So thanks for joining us on this edition of Eagles on the Hill. We want to encourage you to check out YouTube, search for Eagles on the Hill, and you can hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner. Also, check us out. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us as we together follow Jesus and draw strength from him to fly like an eagle. Today's an exciting day. And I don't usually make podcasts that are tied to one particular day, but today I'm going to do that because it's September 19th, 2023. You say, why in the world is September 19th, 2023 exciting, even if you're listening to it at a later time? Well, I'll tell you why. Because this is the 19th anniversary of Room 211 worship. September 19th, 2004, Room 211 started. Uh, you may or may not know what that is. Some of you uh, may attend 211 worship. Others of you may not, may have never heard of it. I'd encourage you to listen, find out what God's doing, and uh, check it out. So uh, 211 worship started actually in the mind of Pastor Luke Schnacke in 2003, the director of ministries of Christ Lincoln Church, uh, Christ Lutheran Church at that time. Uh, Pastor Schnacke realized that we had in our congregation 400 members who are aged 25 to 40 years old. Wow, we were doing great. He also realized that on any given Sunday, our statistics showed that 30 out of those 400 were in worship on any given Sunday. Wow, we were doing pretty poorly, as was most of the church uh, of Jesus Christ. We're losing the next generation. Pastor Schnacke saw that and was wise enough, bold enough to say, let's do something about that here at Christ Lutheran Church. And so he, along with the lay leadership board of our congregation, set out a vision to reach 25 to 40-year-olds with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They uh, set aside what was, um, I suppose, considered a large sum of money at that time, $36,000 on an untried, untested new worship service. They said, here you go, you got it. And they gave that to uh, to me and to others working with me and said, here, you can use 36000 see what God can do. Well, I'm a person that doesn't like to spend money, so we didn't even spend the full $36,000. But uh, we used an old sound system and got together an old projector and strung it up in the ceiling, and we bought eight lights to start the service. So uh, didn't didn't spend a whole lot to get going, but my oh my, the Holy Spirit has blessed us. Our first service, as we said, was September 19th of 2004. It wasn't something that um, I certainly thought up on my own. That is for sure. Um, I'm just a piece of the wheel here, a big cog in the wheel. Uh, but we got together. I got together with a guy named Phil Grimpo, who is owner of Inspermedia Productions. And uh, one of the people on his staff, Lori Wolf at the time, Lori Bierenstrock now, and Scotty Hansen, who was our director of youth ministry at Christ, now sainted, gone to be with Jesus. And the four of us met for nine months to uh, pray about, to consider uh, how God might work through us and through our church to reach 25 to 40-year-olds. That was, those were a long nine months of struggle, wrestling, trying to see um, what would happen there. And we'll get into some of the questions we ask in a little bit. But we had some fun sorting out uh, how this would turn out. Why did we call it Room 211 to start with? Well, because uh, as we were reading Scripture, in the book of Acts, 
So there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John are the four gospel accounts of Jesus' life, then the book of Acts of the Apostles. In the book of Acts chapter 2, we saw people gathered from all around the known Roman world at that time, gathered together in Jerusalem, and they each, the scripture says, heard the word of God in their own language. And so we wanted to uh, teach the old, old story of Jesus and his love in the language of 25 to 40-year-olds. That was our goal. And so we called it, at the time, Room 211, off of Acts 211. One of the things we found out pretty quickly was that we live in a storytelling culture. People love to go to the movies, don't we? Love stories on television. Uh, Jesus also, as it turns out, lived in a storytelling culture. In fact, for us today, and oftentimes some scripture that people might be familiar with are stories of Jesus. And Jesus would tell these simple stories that the people of his day were very familiar with, very comfortable with, they could identify with. And then when the people got hold of the story, Jesus would say, now here's what life is like in the kingdom of God. Here's how the story reminds us of what life is like. And so they could learn about life in the kingdom of God, deep truths about the kingdom from simple stories. So we thought, you know what? Why don't we do what Jesus did? Hello, we can do the same thing Jesus did. We can use stories of our day that people are comfortable with, familiar with. And once they grab hold of the story, then we can say, now here's how that story helps you understand what it's like to be a follower of Jesus, what it's like to live life in God's kingdom. We called it parable preaching because that's what Jesus told was parables. Over the years, God's continued to work in mighty ways, and I've had a lot of fun being along for the ride. Uh, some other key people, of course, Steve Wells, was worship leader at Christ for many years and was a key part in the, the growth of 211. Pastor Aaron Hutton is truly the next generation leader now at 211 Sumner campus. We're excited to have him as part of the team. You may not know this, but when Melinda and I were at seminary, we uh, one of our good friends, was uh, their last name was Hutton. Actually, Pastor Aaron Hutton's parents were good friends of ours at seminary. He was not even yet born, not even a gleam in their eye, and yet here he is now on staff at Christ Lincoln. Matt Schaffelbein, of course, played a big part in uh, the startup of our South Campus nine years ago, and so we're grateful to Matt for all of his work. Worship leaders today, Josiah Yonke, Andrew Malin, key uh, upfront people for us at 211. Inspermedia is still working behind the scenes, still a big part of 211 worship. We're so grateful for that, for their partnership, Phil Grimpo and Lori uh, Bierenstrock. Also adding Jordan Shane, on board, and now he too is a big part of what we do, oftentimes unseen, unheard uh, as well. And of course, can I finish the list with Melinda, my wife? Uh, without her, this wouldn't happen. And so I'm so grateful for her partnership in the gospel, for the ways that she blesses me, for the ways that she blesses so many of you, for the ways especially in which she blesses new people who walk in the door at 211, because every Sunday is somebody's first Sunday at 211. And that's just so exciting to be part of a church where God works like that. Lots of other behind-the-scenes people, including maybe you. And if you're part of that group, uh, how blessed you are to be part of the volunteer team at 211. 211 doesn't happen without volunteers. It's not like, you know, a pastor, an organist, and one usher. 211 takes hundreds of volunteers throughout the month in both campuses to be able to be what it is, a welcoming place for people to come and hear the good news of Jesus. And so we're so grateful for all the volunteers that work at 211. I want to go back, though, to those early days in 2003, before September 19th, 2004, and give you three questions that we asked that, um, well, 
might bless you to be asking yourself, not only as church leaders, if you're a leader in a church, but be a blessing to you to ask in terms of leaders wherever you are, whether in business, in your neighborhood, wherever God's called you. So here are the questions we ask. First of all, what do people need to experience? Our simple answer was Lutheran worship. That's what our task was. But what was Lutheran worship? What exactly is Lutheran worship? What can, what constitutes Lutheran worship? Do you have to wear a robe up front for it to be Lutheran worship? Looked in the Bible, we didn't see that anywhere. So we said, well, I guess you don't have to have a robe to have Lutheran worship, for instance. Well, what about some other things, some key pieces of the historic liturgy of the church, the Apostles' Creed or Nicene Creed? What about the Lord's Prayer? What about baptism and communion, the sacraments that God's given to us? What about the preaching of His Word? What about songs of praise and worship? So many elements of worship we felt were crucial for people to experience. We wanted them to experience and didn't want them to miss out on. So with that in mind, then we ask a second question. How can we make those things accessible to people. What, where are where are people comfortable now? The people that we're trying to reach. Well, the people that we're trying to reach were comfortable in a bar. They were comfortable at a cafe, comfortable at a concert. So, how do we make Lutheran worship feel more like a bar and a cafe and a concert, so that people feel comfortable? So there's not an obstacle to them hearing the good news of Jesus as there perhaps had been when only 30 out of 400 were in worship before we started. So essentially then, those two questions enabled us to form 211 worship. What do people need? Lutheran worship. Where are they now? Where are they comfortable? They're comfortable in a bar, in a cafe, uh, at lead center. They're comfortable at concerts. So how do we make those things? How do we put those things together? How can we make Lutheran worship that's kind of our third question. How can we make Lutheran worship more easily accessible for people today? It's really essentially the same thing that Lutherans did a hundred years ago. If you think about the early 20th century, many Lutheran worship services were in German. And as adults grew, they were raising the next generation, and the next generation did not have German as their first language. They spoke English as their first language. And yet they would come to church, and church would be in German. The catechism was in German. The Bible was in German and they could not relate. They needed to hear the Word of God in their own language, Acts 2.11. And so the people of that generation, the early 20th century, had to make the leap of putting worship, which they thought could only be done in German, putting it into English so they could reach the next generation. We were essentially doing the same thing in the early 21st century that those people did 100 years ago in the early 20th century. Question for you as we close, what do your neighbors need? How can you apply these same questions to them? What do your neighbors need? They need Jesus. My goodness, don't people need Jesus today? How can you join Jesus on his mission of making Jesus accessible to people who would never walk in the doors of a church, who would never perhaps want to hear about Jesus, yet they need Jesus so desperately? How can you make Jesus accessible to them? Here's what Jesus did in John chapter 4, the story of the woman at the well in Samaria. Jesus went to her. To, the, to, the, to Samaria, to a place where Jews would not go. And Jesus sat down there, and then he asked this woman for a drink. Jews wouldn't ask a Samaritan woman for a drink, but Jesus did, because Jesus knew what she needed. She needed living water, and Jesus shared with her that day living water. Your neighbors need Jesus. How can you join Jesus on his mission 
of being accessible to your neighbors right where they are. Well, think about that question. Give it some thought. See how you would answer that in your neighborhood. Um, we want to thank you for listening. Thank you for rejoicing with us and God's blessing of what we call today 211 Worship. For those of you who have been to 211 Worship, you know the blessing that it is. For those who have never been there, check it out at ChristLincoln.org. Uh, look for our recent services. Check out what it's like. Uh, if you live in town, certainly come and uh, check us out in person. If you check out our Yankee Hill campus, you'll likely be welcomed by my wife, Melinda. She always uh, spots new people and loves to talk to you, uh, loves to welcome you into God's presence. So uh, we want to thank you for listening. We want to encourage you to write us, email us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Of course, that's why it's called Eagles on the Hill 211. All one word, no spaces, dots, dashes, or underscores. Just write us, eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Uh, let us know your experiences with 211 Worship and how God's blessed you. Um, if you have never been here, uh, let us know what it looks like online and how you can check it out there. Uh, see what you can do to be blessing your congregation if you're not part of Christ here in Lincoln with the answers to these same questions as your congregation might wrestle those through. Also write us and let us know other topics that you'd like us to talk about at Eagles on the Hill. Remember as we close the promise of God in Isaiah 40 that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will fly on wings like eagles. We've certainly experienced God's fulfillment of that promise in our lives and pray that you experience it also in yours. Thanks for listening.